Welcome to Batshit, a frank and funny look at living with mental illness. While we'll touch on several illnesses, Batshit is focused on those along the spectrum of bipolar disorders. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your other host, Brad. And we're both bipolar. So strap in and let's see how batshit we really are. Spoiler alert, pretty damn batshit. Damn straight. This episode's topic, sex. It's just going to be Brad and I making love for the next 30 minutes. All right, sorry. Uh, no, that's not what it's going to be at all. Oh, oh. Dying oh. pizza is <laughs> Oh, I wanted the pizza. Um, uh, no, um, we're not doing that. Uh, we're also not going to talk about sex with our wives. Uh, yeah. Not going to do that. So if you thought that's what was going to happen, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, also, baby, we love you. Babies, oh. we, we love you. Um, that's not what this episode's about. No. No. Uh, what it is about is... The sex drive, um, you know, the, the, the emotions tied to sex, relationships how, in general. How mania and depression affect both it. affect it. Yeah, because it's a huge component to relationships, you know. Yeah. Um, now, and just to the human experience. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, we are, we are hardwired to want physical connection with another person. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to do with penetration. Right. That's just like any physical touch. Yeah. You know, at yeah. all. Cuddling. Yeah. Kissing. Holding hands, you know, yeah. even like pats on the back. Yeah. And it's it's nibbling funny. Adam's earlobe. Well, yeah, well, just the left. Uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because like as men, we are taught that the only appropriate form of physical contact is being intimate with a woman. Yeah, like we and specifically penetrative sex. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, other than that, and and all of these things for the most part are shows of strength, right? Yeah. Like for instance, something else that's appropriate for guys to do is shake hands, right? Yeah. But when you shake hands, what is it usually? People like you know who can shake the hand, the, like give a nice right. firm handshake, right. right, to prove who's dominant, who's stronger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Or you do that thing where you pull them in and pat their back. Yeah, but hard. You yeah. don't like yeah. gently pat their boom, back. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you make them, you make a fist. You make a fist <laughs> yeah. and you pound them on the back. Yeah. Uh, but like that's how we're taught to display affection. And then when that we get to an age where like sex comes into play, sex can often take on a violent tone. You know, and like yeah. a vi- you get you get inclined to like that's your idea of what physical connection is, which is fucking twisted really yeah yeah there's some definitely some toxic and that's not even getting into the hang-ups about sex no 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 the whole madonna horror complex oh god all these things uh we don't mean the singer no 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 we're not calling her a whore no madonna is a gift from (laughs) god (laughs) um but uh yeah there's there is that that kind of conquering penetrative thing for men yeah um, well, you know, a fascinating bit of trivia. Oh, goody. With that, uh, in ancient Rome, uh, there was they had no stigma against homosexuality. Right. Only if you were on top. The one penetrating was considered a man. Oh, but if the you, bottom was not. Yeah, if you were penetrated, you were a catamite. Interesting. Yeah. And you know that carries, I'm, I'm sure that carries over into like gay culture today because there is a lot of stigma in the gay culture about being a bottom as opposed to a top. Like I've I've had conversations with uh, several of my male gay friends who, you know, 
oftentimes have said like in certain circles like they don't want to be considered a bottom. Really? Like yeah. Huh. Um which again is that's that's too bad. Um because at the end of the day sex sex should be about pleasure and connection. Right? Like that's yeah. what it should be even, about. Even if it's a one night stand. Yeah, it doesn't it's matter. Just this, yeah, this mutual mutual exchange of pleasure. That's what's fun about it. Right. That's what what is fulfilling and enjoyable and when you get into these states that changes yeah it does when you're depressed a lot of times your sex drive just goes away disappears but even if it doesn't sex changes tone it's not so much about giving and receiving pleasure it's just about the comfort of being with another human being yeah and the comfort because when you're when you're depressed you feel worthless and you feel unlovable, and it's just the idea that someone could want you sure. at that moment. Well, I think when you're depressed or when you're manic, you are a pit, right? And you just try and throw everything you can into that pit to to give yourself a feeling, so to speak. You know? Yeah. And that's sometimes what sex ends up being, is like, I, I just need this. I need this now because this is going to make me feel something. And kind of self-medication in and of itself. You're getting the oxytocin. You're getting right. the dopamine hit. Right. And then as soon as the event is over, you know, after those two and a half minutes, it's, you know, you're just craving it again. And it, because, again, you're trying to self-medicate, self-soothe, and this is the way you're doing it. Yeah. And then cuddling in and of itself after the fact, if, if you're a cuddler. If you're a cuddler. I'm a cuddler. Yeah. Um, Brad's a big old titty bear. <laughs> um, that also releases these hormones sure so and and again just offers comfort like if you're depressed you you it makes you makes you feel better but you also get that comfort of another human being it's it's almost the same way you see like monkeys groom one another right you know yeah Um, i remember when you were grooming me yeah yeah well i had to get those fleas out of your head well yeah hey man van nuys is not the cleanest (laughs) city to live in i'm just saying uh but going back to the whole cuddling just physical touch of any kind right like talk about how just holding hands on the couch or even like shoulders brushing up against each other while you watch tv like that there is a, a sense of comfort there there is like knowledge that someone is in that room with you who cares about you, who is there to support you. And there are so many people who are touch-starved. Touch-starved. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's a great phrase. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it it does a number on you when sure. you're touch-starved. Especially, uh, especially children. Oh, completely. Right? Completely. Like, don't get hugged as a kid, you know? Or yeah, you... like, we've talked about that before. Like, I was never hugged as a child. And right. when I... You know, as an adult now, going through therapy and having been diagnosed, I can see that a lot of the stuff that would come out when I was depressed or manic all stems from that. Sure. That I had this desperate need for human contact Mm -hmm. because I never had it during my development. Right. And and when you reach out for comfort or support or love and you don't receive it in in the way that you need it, right? Like, how detrimental is that? And and it can be something extremely simple. It's like, you know, I was talking to my therapist the other day, and he he brought up like a situation where you, as a kid, you come home from school, and you've you've painted something, like finger painted some crap, right? And it looks terrible. But you bring it, and you're like, look, mommy, daddy, look what I did. And the value and the worth uh, that you can provide that kid simply by engaging them in that uh, 
that event, you know, that 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 accomplishment, that painting is yeah. huge and gives them that sense of love and support as opposed to the people like, yep, it's on the fridge. Yeah. Now that kid's never going to share anything with you ever again when it comes to his finger painting. Yeah. Right. And then you, you fast forward 20 years and that kid starts getting in relationships with other sexual partners and they have the want or the need and they don't feel comfortable expressing it to that sexual partner because they're worried about not being validated. Yeah. Not being recognized. Yeah. And and they oftentimes will downplay their own needs and wants because their self-value is so low. Yeah. Right? And and there can be, especially when you're not with a good partner, a sense of judgment. Oh, yeah. During sex, whether that's about your performance or about your body or whatever. Um. And that goes both ways for the man and the woman. Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've been with women who. Okay, so this is a weird topic because we don't want to obviously get into like details. <laughs> I was just gonna say I've been I've been with women who don't like being on top because they're self conscious. Sure. About sure. It. or the or uh, women who don't like to have the lights on. You know when you're making yeah yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating how all that comes into play. And then, you know, you think of again all these these things that happen when we're children. You think of your first kind of formative sexual experience. Sure. All these things kind of come together, whatever power dynamics you experience as yeah. a kid, like yeah. weird things with your parents or religion, like religion. the way religion comes into play, yeah. like and all this like forms a whatever the soup of your sexuality is. Yeah. Your sexual soup. <laughs> your sexual soup. <laughs> Add like a ladle of your sexual soup, please. Take take a pinch of love. <laughs> take a pinch of love. A sprinkling of desire. <laughs> Half a cup of tenderness. <laughs> uh, uh, Brad and Adam are releasing a uh, <laughs> CD of love songs. <laughs> my darling, I can't get enough of your sexual soup. We should definitely cover soul and R&B. I think that would be a huge selling point for us. Like, yeah. Batshit presents. <laughs> Batshit presents. That's how we're going to make money off this podcast. We're going to start releasing <laughs> compilation albums. <laughs> oh, those will do real well. They will real, real well. That's why, we, that's why everyone's They can play as uh, infomercials at three in the morning. <laughs> New from Time Life's library. Adam Slemon and Brad Hodson bring you... The greatest R&B hits of the do, 1970s. Do you miss when white America tried to, you know, take away soul from the black man? Well, don't <laughs> worry, because here comes two white guys out of California. I'm going to tell you a really funny story. Uh, it was funny to me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> luckily, it was funny to the chick, too. Uh, so there was, there was a chick I was out with, and uh, drop her off. And we start making out. And... Um, uh, Oh, what's the what's the Marvin Gaye song? Oh, uh, sexual healing? No, no, no. The uh, uh, let's get it on. Oh, let's get it on. Let's get it on comes on, and I was like, I was like, uh, it's like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we can't do this. We were both laughing at it, and we skip it, and then it's uh, give me some loving, <laughs> and then we skip that, and then I think it was like sexual healing came on. I was like, let's just turn the radio. We off. Stop. We just, <laughs> like, none of this is gonna work. N- none of this. None of this is yeah, gonna work. Yeah. But you, you know that. That's interesting, too, right? Because you have these different cultural influences for sex. And, you know, music is a great example of, like, yeah, 
yeah, oh my God, like how toxic like some rock and roll and some hip hop and R and B is when it comes to like uh, uh, a man or a woman's uh, dynamic in yeah. the sexual relationship and how how warped that can make young men and women's minds. Oh right, right. right. Again, the idea of of these kind of like dominant violent sexual acts yeah. especially for men no it's, it's to, terrible to establish your masculinity but but again a lot of stuff with women that women you know women i feel like women are taught that they either again it's the madonna whore thing they either have to be a prude and right. repress their sexuality or they have to be ultra sexual right even when they don't want to be and they're uncomfortable with it sure you know that their sexual performance kind of establishes their worth yeah in a way yeah, well, it, um, and it, it comes from every side. Like I was, I'm reading Dune right now, um, which is a hard read. I've read it before, but I'm, I'm not going to get into reading science fiction. But there's a, a especially point, in a sex episode. A sex episode, but hear me out. There's it's kind a, of a contraceptive, though. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll fix them. Um, <laughs> in like book three, there's this moment where uh, uh. Paul Leto is uh, talking about uh, what he's going to do, and he tells his woman, Jaina, like, hey, this is what we're doing. And the narration is like, which, because I'm listening to it, the narration is like, she knew as a desert woman that sometimes in these, and I'm like, even in the sci-fi, like, uh, like, explorative, you know, like, uh, flipping society on its head, exploring these different um, avenues, like, there is this built-in... Uh, uh, negative connotation towards the various sexual roles and uh, the relationship roles and dynamics that exist. And I think it's just very frustrating because going all the way back to what you were saying about like first sexual encounters, like if you're a man or you're a woman and your parents have grown up with these same you know, uh, uh, elements being thrown at them or the same influences, they're probably not going to have the conversation that should be had with you about sex. Yeah. And they, they might give you the, the birds and the bees talk. Maybe like, here's the mechanics. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or, you know, be nice to women. Yeah. That's it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, make sure you wear a rubber. Song. Yeah. 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 That, that's all you're going to get. Yeah. Or like, no, don't, you know, not before you're married. Don't like, yeah. you know, don't get knocked up type yeah. of thing. Like, how, how, which, which, come on, man. Like, I, I tell you, as somebody who grew up in the South, that whole not before you're married thing just leads to a lot of teen pregnancy. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, it's, it's pre- let, let's not talk about it. Kids are going to do it yeah. because that's that's their, your hormones. Yeah, there's hormones involved. Yeah, there's yeah. hormones involved. Um, and then you start trying to repress those hormones and you start trying to repress those urges yeah. or not talking about them with your partner. And, what and then of... you become a serial killer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which is how I got my start. You know, <laughs> I find it, uh, I, something I find interesting is, uh, just talking about sex. I, I made the joke about serial killers, but how much when you get into serial killers, their killings revolve around sex. I don't mean them having sex. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of like repressed sexual urges. Right. But a startling number of serial killers are the children of prostitutes. Really? Yeah. And so oh, that's interesting now that I'm thinking back on it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's weird from a very early age, weird kind of sexual stuff going on in their subconscious. Um, I'm not saying that all prostitutes are going to give birth to serial killers. Nope, 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 not at all. There's, there's obviously other things going on there, but uh, but I just find that interesting. Enjoying batshit? 
please like, subscribe, and share it on social media. If you have someone you think may need to hear it, we encourage you to share it with them and to start your own conversation about mental health. You know, we talked about depression. Yeah. I, I think with this, though, mania is probably a bigger thing because in both hypomania and full-blown mania, you get hypersexuality. Well, and, and you know, here's the thing. I'll be real about it for a minute. Like when Brad brought up this topic of sex, I wasn't 100% sure I wanted to talk about it. And it's not because I am in any way embarrassed to talk about my sex life. It's you that, should be. I should be. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, none of y'all see me naked, but it's not a, not a treat for anybody. Um, but that idea of like sex as a topic of conversation, like I'm depressed most of the time. And so sex is not very interesting to me. It's not that I don't enjoy sex. It's not that I don't. It's just not something that's on your mind. It's not on my mind at all. And I think back to like my early 20s, my teens, you know, into into my late 20s. And it's not that I didn't have sexual urges. Uh, I did. You know, uh, I, I wanted to have sex. I was interested in having sex, but it was never a driving force for me. Yeah. No, no, like, it, was it ever a driving force? Like, was that something that, like, there were days when you're like, dude, tonight, going out, got to, you know, do my thing, do my thing? I don't know what the correct, get, get, get some, get, get some. Is that how you people get do some, it? Get some tail. Get some tail. Like, was that ever a driving force for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot. Um, and it's, again, you know, looking back on things, it's it's the hypersexuality that comes with mania. Uh, and you get, so you get the hypersexuality, mm-hmm. you get the impulsivity, you get the grandiosity where you think you're just hot shit. You know, I've talked before about how uh, last year when I lost a, a lot of weight and got in shape and started getting attention from people for it. Like, I thought it was fucking Ryan Gosling. Right. Um, We've talked about this, though. Yeah. I am Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> But like a really shredded Danny DeVito. Yeah, shredded, like hitting the weights DeVito, <laughs> if you can imagine that. Like like if Danny DeVito was making a sequel to like Total Recall, and it was like Total Recall Danny DeVito, starring Danny DeVito, like that Danny DeVito. Total DeVito. Total DeVito. Um, I'd watch that. No, but uh, but yeah, so you, you you get full of yourself, but you're, you're charming, mm-hmm. you're funny, you can actually pick up women. Yeah. Um, and so you have the hypersexuality. You also have the risk taking. Mm. So you get into a lot of risky sexual behavior. Um, I mean, there are a lot of guys. And this might be true of women too. I don't know, but uh, there are a lot of guys who, when they go manic, not only seek out uh, prostitutes, but will have unprotected sex with prostitutes. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, which again, you talk about like the risk taking, right? Um, you know, I that. The only thing I could imagine that's riskier behavior you might do while you're manic, aside from like, oh, I'm going to jump off a building or drive my car at 120 miles an hour, would be like sharing a needle with someone if you're right. doing heroin, right? Right. Um, but when you're in these states, shit like that doesn't occur to you. Sure. You know? You don't sure. care. It's just about the moment. It's about the dopamine rush. It's about feeling like you're on top of the world. It's about, you know, satisfying this hypersexual urge. I was telling Adam before we started recording this episode, there are a few bipolar groups I joined online, and I just kind of lurk. I don't really. Um, Which is what Brad's most known for. Yeah. They call yeah. him Lurking Brad. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, talk about when I'm like cruising for, for sex, you know. And so I'm, I'm <laughs> cruising the, uh, for sex. <laughs> <laughs> Who cruises for sex? Al Pacino. Okay, fair. All right. That does. That makes it sound like I'm a, a closeted gay man in 1987. <laughs> 
I'm out cruising. <laughs> Got I your was, mustache yeah. and your oversized thing. I was going to make a joke about, about lurking, but then it's like, I think that's a little too. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Um, anyway. Uh, so these these groups, I've seen a lot of people post that they're going manic. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman I saw who had posted that she's going manic and she's had to engage her friends and her husband to make sure she's not alone with a man or multiple men. Mm. Because the implication there being is that when she goes manic because of the hypersexuality and the risk taking, God knows what she's going to do. Yeah. You know? Um, no, that's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. It really is because like we've talked about, you're basically a different personality. Sure. When you go manic and you come out of those states and you're like, what the fuck did I do? Right. And, and when you have the memory gaps, I mean, think about that. If, if you engage in a lot of risky sexual behavior when you're manic and then you don't remember what happened. Right. How fucking scary is that? That's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you, you factor in. Especially sh- as a woman. Sure. You factor in the shame. That goes into sex just in general, like our culture's attitude towards sex is it's super shameful. Yeah. You know, and then you also factor in that, I, like, vulnerability that accompanies sex, yeah. right? So you you connect with someone, you're vulnerable with someone, you have sex with someone, you're in an altered state, you're not yourself. Yeah. Right? So that person on the other end of that sexual experience thinks they're connecting with someone who they're not connecting with. Yeah. They're connecting with a alternate version of you. Like how awful is that for your partner? How how painful and and rude and like could be scarring. Absolutely scarring. Yeah. Um that's oh man, I never thought about that until just now. That's woo. Yeah. And I imagine that that could be a danger when you get little little communities together. You know, people who find each other because they're bipolar. Sure. You know, if they're experiencing mania at the same time. Yeah. Not to mention, like we've talked about before, mania, because it floods your body with all these hormones, you think you've fallen in love. Oh, man. And and then you have, like, these groups of friends, right? Yeah. Where, where, like, people, like, interdate. And, you know, if you have someone who is sick in that group, right? And like you were saying, like, you fall in love with your best friend, right? These people that yeah. you trauma dump on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the support circle, especially when you're like a teenager and your hormones are running rampant, right? Yeah. And you, you're you just discovering who you are and like maybe you don't have a huge friend circle. And then all of a sudden now you're trauma dumping. You fall in love with this person in your group. Uh, you, you end up like engaging in sexual activity with them and then that person changes. Uh, you change on that person. Like I... That journey is just fucking. Terrifying. You just described my entire life, <laughs> uh, over and over and over, over again. Over and over again, you buy uh, that screenplay by Brad C. Hudson uh, <laughs> called "My Sad Sex Life." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but not sad in the way you think it. Nope. Yeah. That's just that's the byline. Yeah. That's gonna be really small. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Colon. Not sad the way you think. Um, <laughs> with a smiley face. Yeah, with a smiley face. <laughs> I put glitter all over oh, it, yeah, yeah. so that when, ah. it, when it hits the producer's desk, oh, they love when glitter explodes out <laughs> envelopes. That's what they're known for. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no, it's it's such a crazy topic because there's there's so much involved emotionally. There's so many minefields. Yeah, you know, we talked, uh, we kind of touched on it in a batshit episode 
I've been thinking recently because undiagnosed men with bipolar tend to have their worst episodes in their 40s and their 50s right. if they're not on medication, which is the age range where men have a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. What do men do in a midlife crisis? They buy a sports car. They start dating a 21-year-old. They think that they fall in love with this 21-year-old. They leave their wife for her. Their kids, yeah. Yeah, and they, they start engaging in all this uh, crazy behavior that matches perfectly a bipolar manic state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you think about how many how many marriages or other relationships have fallen apart because someone's manic they go out and they screw someone else mm-hmm. and think they fell, fall in love with that person. Right, right, right. And then they're like, I'm going to leave my wife or, you know, I'm going to leave my my significant other, whatever. And then they, they go out and maybe three months later they come down from that state and they're like, what the what fuck? Did did <laughs> yeah. What you know? did I do? What did I do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go to the club with this girl <laughs> until two in the morning. Yeah. I have a job. And... <laughs> my feet hurt. My feet hurt. <laughs> my shin splints. Um... Oh, my hip. <laughs> um... but yeah, I mean, uh, let's talk about it from a depressive state, too, right? Like, it just, you talk about these people who hit these manic states and they like, they go out and they seek a sexual partner or they go out and seek a sexual experience. So, meanwhile, if you're in a depressive state, right, you are worthless. Yeah. You feel worthless. So the idea of connecting with someone is impossible. Yeah. If you're at a bar or you're at a club or you're at you're a not party, picking anybody. You're up. not picking up anybody. Like it, you can be freaking Ryan Gosling, you know, or Brad. And <laughs> if you're in a depressive state, like you're gonna look around, you're gonna see these beautiful people, and all these people are too good for you. Yeah. No, you are. Why would they? Why yeah. Would they why would they waste? Me? Yeah. Like you are not worth any of their time. Like just going up and talking to that person is, you know, wh- why? Why do yeah. it? Why do it? And you know, you'll be in like social situations, and eventually, if you're depressed long enough, <clears throat> if you're depressed long enough, you start coming up with other excuses and reasons why these people might, uh, might not want to talk with you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you start creating excuses, and you start. But at the end of the day, you feel worthless. You feel like any attempt at connection is going to be wasted energy on both your parts. So why bother? Yeah, and it's and it's sad. And, and people pick up on that. Of course they it's, do. It's not like someone's going to be like, "Oh, that guy seems uh, troubled." Let me, I can, I'm kind of attracted to that. Don't you, don't, that's why I feel like there's so many writers in Hollywood that have put that in screenplays. Like some beautiful girl sees the sad sack at the end of the bar, and they're like. We have to go figure out what's wrong with him. Like, yeah, let's go talk to him. Like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and even if that did happen, it's not happening with any kind of like romantic or sexual desire. Right? They're like, it's, it's like I feel really sorry for that that son of a bitch. Or I'm there. worried about that guy. Yeah, we better that, go. Is talk that guy to gonna him? slit his wrists at yeah, the end yeah, of the night? Yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, all of a sudden, like that idea of someone being concerned about you turns into an infatuation because you're like, this person sees me. This yeah. person gets me. Like, and then all of a sudden there's this false idea of romance and this false idea, you know, you're falling in love with someone who, who is coming at it from a completely different point of view than you have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And because of what's going on in your brain during these states, you think you're on the same page. I was reading about something called erotomania. Erotomania. Sounds like a video game. Yeah. So it's a type of delusion Mm. that's classified it's the belief that someone else is in love with you. Okay. And because it's a delusion, 
It's low-key delusion. You can misremember things that people say to you. Really? Which we've talked about before yeah, 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 yeah. with, with our, our memory issues with bipolar. Uh, and you can misremember them in in ways that were romantic. Interesting. So, if, for instance, if um, you had a, a, a chick that was a friend. And, you know, she she calls you up one night and she's just like, like, thank you for being there. I really I really appreciate you in my life. You know, when you remember that a week later, you you might the the phone conversation might think out play out. Uh, uh, thank you for 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 being here for me. I, I really love you in my life. Right. You or know? something like that. Something sure. like that. It might just be these little like differences, but they add up. Sure. They as do. You play them out in your mind. To being like, oh, this person's into me. This person's super into me, yeah. They're into me. And, you know, with, with bipolar 1 especially, but it happens with bipolar 2, obviously happens with schizophrenia, borderline personality disorder, etc. Um, you can have these delusions. And erotomania is a common one, apparently. So. Huh. So you get the, the great experience of being of being hypersexual. You get flooded with these hormones that make you think you're in love. And then you have a delusion that somebody's in love with you. So... That's going to end well. Yeah, that's going right? to go real, real well. Yeah. Real, real well. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sounds like most of my teens and 20s. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I, I, I think that's the other part of being diagnosed so late in life that bothers me because I go back and I look at the relationships I've had, sexual partner wise or otherwise, and like how much of that was I mis, misinterpreting? How much of that was I misremembering? Yeah. How much of like the the sexual encounters I had growing up were horribly skewed in one way or another, and I'm misremembering them. Yeah. As it is, I have to question that a lot. I I had a friend who I had like phone conversations like that. Mm-hmm. That when I remember, like they they were very they would say very kind of romantically interested things to me mm-hmm. and now i'm like did they you know they told me that they uh they loved me once as a friend but the way i remember it was uh that they said it like this i love you as a friend like they caught themselves right, 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 right. that's how i remember it but did that ha- is that actually how it played out is that how it, or, was it, or is that a delusion or was it a delay in the phone connection <laughs> well that was in person oh okay but but did that actually Right. Was that beat? Did that beat exist? Right. Well, and, well, and that's the other trippy thing, right? Because a lot of um, chemistry, a lot of relationships, it it comes off of reading body language and subtle cues, subtle social cues. Right. right. And if you can create those subtle social cues and you're like, yep, this person loves me. Right. It's like then you misremember right. the ones that don't happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a reason that bipolar patients are notorious for being unable to maintain any kind of relationship, mm. romantic or friendship. And it's all this shit. Yeah. There's just this cocktail, this like perfect storm of, of being incapable of having a normal relationship with somebody. Yeah. You can't have a normal yeah. friendship. You can't have a normal romantic relationship. Like everything has to be skewed. You have to find people who understand what's going on with you and can meet you where you are. Yeah. And appreciate that you're fighting and you're trying to meet them where they are and you're trying to be a normal person, but it ain't going to happen all the time. Yeah. You know? And now you throw sex on top of all that. Uh, Complicate the whole fuck thing up. 
and what's kind of sad to me, like, you know, I was talking about that woman um, on that uh, that group yep. who specifically said, I can't be around uh, a man or multiple men. Is the idea that when you're in these states, not only are you engaging in this behavior that you might regret later, you might be doing things that you would never do under normal circumstances. Sure. So, for instance, that woman in euthymia in a normal state might never have sex with multiple partners at once. Right. But when she's manic, she might. Uh, you know, there there are probably people who break their sexuality. Maybe. You know, I'm I'm straight and I have sex with someone of the, my same gender. I'm gay. I have sex with someone of the other gender when I am in a manic state. And those things, those things get to me because the idea of, the idea of engaging in, in sexual behavior that you don't want to. Well, yeah, because you sex know? is like you, you're most you're most vulnerable. Yeah, you're yeah you're yeah. most vulnerable. You are literally either inside someone else or they're inside you. Yeah, like you are yeah. like bare bones. There's nothing in between you. Right, and I'm not going to judge anything that anybody's into. No, of course not. But if you're doing something that you're not into. Right. You know, again, if you're or like. Or you're not aware of even doing. Right. Oh, God, you have these memory gaps. I mean, could you imagine that, that you're you're a person who under no circumstances, like that the idea of having sex with multiple people at once would horrify you. Oh, right. Yeah. And then it happens while you're manic and you don't remember it. Oh, my God. And find out about it later. That's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. And then the shame. The, the shame. shame. Yeah. <laughs> and especially in American culture, because oh God, God forbid anybody enjoys sex in America. We're going to shove it down your throat every chance we get, but don't you fucking enjoy it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> can't do that. I I think there's a lot to talk about here. And what we I think Brad and I have both talked about this. We we'd love to get like some sex sex therapists, sex workers, like people in that community and industry to talk about this kind of thing because yeah, especially anyone who's struggling with a mental health issue and you know what uh if, if you wanted to come on the show total anonymity oh yeah 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 i mean i don't have the technology yet to put on one of those voice filters um but fake name we fake don't have name, to yeah. yeah we don't have to say who you are we don't have to say where you live yeah it doesn't matter know. yeah we can um, refer to you however you want us to yeah but but i think yeah, I think that would be fascinating. Oh, it'd be great. Um, yeah, because and, I, I think it's important to talk about. And yeah, yeah, completely. And and a segment of society that often gets overlooked. Totally overlooked. You know? And I mean, judged. And judged. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm of the mindset that sex work should be legalized. Of course it should. Um and then these women have some protections. Yeah. And men. And men. Yeah. Um Well, that's just I mean, there are it, the 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 amount of like sex trafficking that occurs and yeah. the horrible abuse that occurs with sex workers. Well, yeah, I mean, ima- imagine so you're you're a sex worker, you get sexually assaulted, right? Which probably happens a lot on the job. I can't even imagine. You have no legal recourse. None. Yeah. Yeah. No one you can go to. No one you can you know talk to about no. it. It's like absolutely nothing. So so yeah, if if. You know, I don't know if there are sex workers listening or sex therapists listening, but I'd be super. We'd be super curious to talk with yeah. you. Yeah, and former if, or current, former or current. And if yeah. you just want to start by sending us a message, I mean, that's a great way to start. You know, what I mean, you don't yeah, have I mean, to come could, on the show. You could send us an anonymous email that yeah. just gives us some context that we could discuss. I w- also, love that, love that. Yeah, because I, this whole mental illness discussion it affects 
so many aspects of our lives yep. and so many careers. And there's certain careers that I think are probably more prone to it. You know, we've talked about being in the arts. There are a lot of people in the arts with yep. mental illness. Um, and, you know, I think I think there's also certain careers that maybe exacerbate it or that, again, you're not you're experiencing things that you you can't get help for yeah. the way that you should. Um, and what effect those will have on your mental health. And I think those are discussions that need to be had. Yeah, definitely. Um, and especially if you can do it with, you know, a little tongue in cheek, a little humor. Yeah. It makes... Yeah. I mean, you guys listen to this show, you know, we're not looking for you to like cry your eyes. I no. mean, we're here if you want to. Yeah. No, I mean, the, you know, multiple people have broken down on our show, us yeah. included. So, yeah. but, but uh, yeah, I, I think you got to humanize it. You got to, you know, bring it to light and have people talk about it and be comfortable with it. And yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. Well, you know, um, there, I know there wasn't nearly as much sex between Brad and myself as you yeah. wanted when you clicked on And I didn't episode. get to do my strip club announcement. I boys. know, but you want to do it now? Yeah, I'll do it now. Okay, here we go. Uh, can you can you give me like the f- first few bars of cherry pie? Everybody, put your hands together. We got coming to the stage, Candy. Let's hear a big round of applause for Candy. That was good. Yeah. That was really yeah. good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, do you, you know who the Sklar brothers are? Who? The Sklar brothers. Oh, yeah, those twins. Yeah, the twins that used to do stand-up comedy together. This whole bit of, like, the hardest working man or woman in America is the strip club DJ. Oh, yeah. Because they have to mix, like, hey, we've got Bambi up on the main stage, but also with, like, general club announcements. So if you think, like, we've got Bambi on the main stage, Emerald on the bar, and if you have a Honda Civic with your lights on, light blue, license plate G-Y-F-K-2, make sure you get those lights off, but keep your boners hard for, like... Like, that's an amazing... They always point. have names like Chastity. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody put your hands together for Chastity. Chastity. Yeah. I dated a uh, uh, former stripper once named Angel. Ooh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, she owned... I'll tell you a red flag ooh. that I, I should not have gone out with her. She owned one book. What was it? One book. What was the book? A biography of Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I've never read that yeah. book. Again, 19 and horny. I've talked and about I that get before. It. No, I get it. But talk about a red flag. That's a pretty big red yeah. flag. <laughs> pretty big red flag. Um, hey, well, we love all of you. Stay safe. Keep fighting. Please share with us. Share us with the people that need to hear this. Um, and thank you. Like, subscribe. All that stuff. Give us a review. Yeah. Help help us get out there. We're, we're very proud and excited at the growth this show has had but we know there are a lot of people who probably need to be hearing something like this yeah that we haven't reached yet so yeah and if hey if you guys have thoughts on how we can promote this show or share it with other people right in tell yeah. us we'd love to hear it because god knows we don't know what we we're do doing. not know what we're doing <laughs> that's why like every sixth episode there's a, a you know a uh what's it called a a a, a Thing, something at the top, me being like, so we messed up the audio again, you guys, and I'm so sorry. Every Zoom interview. Every Zoom interview. We're going to get it, though. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Love you guys.